everyone and welcome to episode number 80 of the State of Mars podcast and boy what a week this was for you St. Peter's Prep Marauders were sponsored as always by our good friends at D1 Media Pro the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. The football team had one of the most epic regular season victories you will see as they went up to number five ranked St. Joe's Regional, they were down 17 points going into the final quarter, and they pulled out a 41 to 38 victory over the Green Knights. We're going to discuss everything that happened up in Montville, as well as the week that was in Marauderland, including the soccer team getting two victories and the water polo team destroying Blair Academy. We can always be found on any listening devices, on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor, you name it, we are there. So be sure to search State of the Martyrs, or of course, you can follow us on our social media profile at SNT Martyrs to see all of our exclusive Marauder content. You can always check us out on the app as well, that's linked on the social media profile. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez of the Class of 2010, alongside the one and only co-host, Talking Giants, Justin Pennick, Class 2016. Justin, we get to celebrate another victory Monday. How are you feeling today, buddy? Renato, glad to hear that uh, you know the majority of the fall sports that are happening right now, we're all celebrating victory Mondays, but yes. particularly with this football team, just when we think it can't get any crazier, just when we think <laughs> like the quality of football games, Renato, I find myself whenever I, you know, whether it's calling the prep games, whether it's recapping these on the broadcast, I find myself saying that was one of the best football games that I've ever seen on any level. Now, um, I'm 24 years old. I'm young, but I like to think that I watch I watch a lot of football. I, I do football for a living now, you know, kind of just co- covering it. and. The games that I've watched over the last couple of years with St. Peter's Prep, they've been some of the best football games that I've mm-hmm. ever, ever seen. Um, and St. Peter's Prep makes history up in Montville. 17-point um, deficit in the fourth quarter. You mentioned it. That's and then I believe the first time since 1989 yes. Yes, that St. Peter's correct. Prep went up to St. Joe's Montville right. and defeated in Montville. Right. And I was texting with Dr. Gomez after the game. He was a junior. He was a junior at St. Peter's Prep <laughs> at the time. 1989 state, state title game up at Mountville, in which the Moors also came back and won that game as well. So, I mean, could this be another year of prep magic, Justin? Could be. I hope so. I could hope be. so. And, you know, what we've been saying uh, to start a lot of these shows on some of these gritty wins that prep has had, whatever it takes. You know, th- that's kind whatever of like the – the theme song that you used uh, as like a hype up video heading into this year. And you know that's been kind of a, 
a mantra for this prep team, whatever it takes. If it looks uh, a little sloppy, if you know, if they're both sides of the ball, aren't really functioning. If special teams needs to step up and make some insane plays, which they did this game. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to be talking about three phases of the ball, you know, not just offense, defense. So they did whatever it takes up in Montville. Um, and this was really what I hope was a statement victory for our St. Peter's prep Marauders. So, Justin, let's let's talk about this whole game. Let's talk about the scoring play because forty-one to thirty is a lot of scores that happen, right? A lot, a lot, a lot of things happen in this game. Early on, you know, both teams back and forth, fourteen, fourteen. You know, Zion Thaw had a great punt return for a touchdown, but heading into the half, you know, it felt like Joe's had all the momentum, right? They're up twenty fourteen. They were about to make it thirty five fourteen at the buzzer. Joey Gaston tries a one-yard QB sneak, Justin, and the Marauders stopped him as St. Joe's had no timeouts and they had to run out the clock. So that was one of the turning points out of many turning points in that game. Yeah, that was the end of the first half. And it's funny, you know, we were saying before the show, we have to go through these scoring plays because so much stuff happened in this game that even I forget. <laughs> and we were just we were just there two days ago, right? So that stand at the end of the first half of St. Joe's Montville not being able to put seven on the board. They didn't have any timeouts left. With There was like six seconds left on the clock, and clock was rolling, and the officials, we were waiting to see if they were going to confirm touchdown or no touchdown. No touchdown. End of the first half. St. Peter's Prep has that goal line stand, and then it takes them a little while to start the comeback, but they eventually do it. But even before the comeback, the Morris come back in the second half, Justin? Yes. And they go with an onside kick. Outside kick, Nico Duarte, Cam Richard. We've seen that connection so many times last year and this year again. I mean, these special teams, man, they were unbelievable in this game. Unbelievable. It, onside kick to start the second half, and I feel like that's something that we've seen from uh, Richie Hansen, making those gutsy calls, whether it's at the beginning of the game, whether you're up by a couple touchdowns, or whether you're down by a couple touchdowns. He, he's not afraid to, to pull that out and – you got a kicker in Nico Duarte that can do it, but we'll 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 save we'll save some Nico Duarte conversations yes. for later. Let's give me some more scoring plays. So on that same drive, Justin, the Marauders fourth, and I believe it was about three or four, a little short. They had an opportunity to kick a field goal to make an eleven point deficit, and what do they do? They go with the bag of tricks again, and they go with a fake field goal. Tyler Bell, the freshman holder, the backup quarterback. Delivers an absolute dime to a wide open DJ Brown for their first varsity touchdowns for each, respectively. And Justin, Tyler mm. Bell, DJ Brown, they might be a future connection for this program to talk about. Yeah, Tyler Bell, DJ Brown. It was cool to <laughs> cool to see some young guys make a play that you're hoping to be the future of the team. And Renato, it was one of those things where, you know, DJ Brown was wide open. Wide that's open. not that's not an just because you're wide open and it's like a pitch and catch sometimes those are the hardest plays to capitalize on because you're not used to throwing to a wide open receiver you're not used to just kind of having a little one step drop uh you know when you're a field goal holder and then just throwing the ball so credit to those young guys um you know congratulations to your first varsity touchdowns but also huge huge moment and huge huge momentum right. swing for St. Peter's Prep, just when you think that they're maybe about to get three on that drive, they pull it out and they get and they put seven on the board. 
Yeah, what a call that was. The water call. I was not expecting that at all. But that was a great call by all the the special. So what's teams the score now? So it's now 28-21. Okay. okay. 20-21 early in the third quarter. But then St. Joe's, they would respond on the next drive. John Force a 78-yard touchdown. They get a field goal late in the third quarter. So it's 38-21 Joe's. Going into the fourth quarter, down 17 points, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be very tough for his more team to come back. But what do they do, Justin? They start off that fourth quarter. Jalen Klein, who had a hell of a game again for the Marauders, 29-yard touchdown run on fourth down. You know, that was a, that was a fourth and short, too. Mm. That 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 would have ended the game potentially if he didn't score there. But great play by Jalen Klein to get in the end zone. Then the Marauder defense in that fourth quarter would hold off St. Joe's. The Marauders would get the ball back. Again, another great onside kick recovery in that fourth quarter. Zion Fowler with the eight-foot hops of the great Nico Duarte bounce. The Marauders would again get the score from Champ Long, five-yard touchdown run on a great option keep. 38-33. Marauders need one more stand offensively to try to get the ball back. And guess what they do, Justin? They get it. Guess what they, do? they get the stop. Not only get the stop, though, they allow maybe one yard on that whole drive. Yep. To get Three now. Three now. Four. Get now. the ball back. Three. And then Champ Long, ice in his veins. Less than two minutes to go. Getting the ball back. All he needs is two completions one to Zion Fowler deep down the field, and then one to Kenyon Massey. The guy from St. Joe's against his former team yep. delivers the dagger. 23-yard touchdown. Two-point conversion was good. 41-38. to 38. But we weren't done yet, folks. St. Joe's had one more response. They go all the way down to about the 25-yard line. They set up Marco Zuriz for the game-time field goal. Murder jump offside. It came to 45-yarder. And Marcos Ruiz just misses the kick, and the Marauders stun the Green Knights, forty-one to thirty-eight. What a game that was! Phew. Yes, that's Phew. that's how I was saying after the game. Whoo! Thank God. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Renato. Um, the theme of this year has been. You know, offense, 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 and defense kind of, you know, maybe finding itself, but the right. defense got a key a key stop when it needed to. And the explosive St. Peter's prep offense that we know and love really came back in that fourth quarter, right? Really when they needed to um, and when they were forced to. You know, and it's so funny that, you know, there's this whole thing in football where you sometimes get frustrated with teams that, you know, oh, they start to maybe throw the ball well or throw the ball deep down the field well when they have to. But also, like, the other team knows that you have to do that as well. Mm-hmm. That Zion, that champ long to Zion Fowler, huge first play of that game-winning drive, Zion Fowler was double-covered. <laughs> Zion yeah. Fowler was double-covered. And he went up. Yeah, champ long puts a great ball where only Zion Fowler can get it. And then Zion Fowler plays grown man football and just gets that ball. So maybe let's transition into player of the game here, Renato, because Zion Fowler is both of our player of the game on the offensive side of the ball. And also 
not just what he did on the offense side of the ball, but what he did on special teams. Right, the 70 yard punt return touchdown, the onside kick recovery. I've seen Zion for the last couple of years now, Justin, both in football and basketball. And that arguably has to be his best game as a St. Pierre's preparator. He was facing off against Jameer Joseph that whole game. I was watching up top. I kept seeing Zion having that one on one matchup, and Zion was ready for that. He was ready to take advantage. In the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, he delivered when the team needed the most. And Justin, I mean, there's no argument. Zion Fowler, offensive player of the game, no question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just giving gritty effort. Giving Mm -hmm. gritty effort, whether it is on special teams. You mentioned the punt return. Um, We talked about how he had an, you know, eight foot vertical leap to get to get that second onside kick and to recover it. But even just throughout the game as a receiver, you mentioned it. They're leaving him one on one. You know, what they you know, Zion Fowler would be, you know, most of the time, sometimes maybe the only receiver on the side of the field, or there would be a lot more action, a lot more receivers, you know, on the other side of the field. So you would have St. Joe's Montville maybe shading a safety, shading a couple different secondary players towards that side. Because what I think that they wanted to do, St. Joe's Montville, I think that they wanted to limit their ability to use the pass game as an extension of the running game. How often do we see Champ Long get the snap, get rid of the ball on a bubble screen, and then these mm-hmm. wide receivers get yards after the catch and they get right. yak? You know, usually Kenyon Massey is that guy that is able to get a lot of yak, and we didn't really see that a lot. Kenyon Massey was targeted a lot deeper down the field um, uh, th- this game. So it was Zion Fowler, when you're left one-on-one with your guy, you know, Champ Long is going to throw these back shoulders. He's going to throw it up close to the sideline, and you got to go up and you got to get it, and you got to play grown man football. And oh boy, did he did it! So this may not be like Zion's best statistical game of his right. St. Peter's prep career, but I think it was his best game when you just look at his impact on the game from start to finish. I I agree hundred percent. And Justin, talk, I know you love the explosive plays. That, that, yeah. That's your, you love the explosive plays and. The Marauder offense in that first half, they were struggling to get that explosive plays. They only had three. But in that second half, in particular in that fourth quarter, Justin, five explosive plays, six total in the second half, nine on the game. And this is what the Marauder offense is made of, you know, explosive plays, both running the game and passing the game. 30-plus mm-hmm. points, again, I, I feel like the, with the talent of this team, this offense is going to score a bunch every game. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just how. You know, how, how right. do you want to to do it? You know, do you do you want to commit to that running game? Do you want to commit to to Champ Long throwing the ball? And when they committed, when you know in the fourth quarter, you have no choice but to commit to throwing the ball when you're down by two scores, when you're down by 17 points, which is a weird. That's a weird point total to be down by in high school football because you know you're not you're not going to be banking on you know a lot of high school kickers you know kicking these 40 yard field goals 30 you know maybe 35 yard field goals to really tie games so 17 points basically is a three score game it's a right. it's a three touchdown game in the high school game so you're forced to throw the ball and you're forced to throw the ball deep down the field then you know you don't you, you know that St. Joe's Montville when they get the ball they're going to be taking time off the clock because that's just what they did throughout the entire game. They were able to they were able to sustain drives, um, prevent third down, or just get themselves into third and short. 
St. Peter's prep was not able to prevent third down and they were getting themselves in the third and longs. So when you're forced to become kind of what your strengths are as a team, which is champ long throwing into Kenyon Massey and Zion Fowler, that's when you saw those explosive plays. He had five in the fourth quarter. Um, like you said, Renato. So, um, it's what you like to see. It's what I like to see. Offense is fun. Explosive plays are fun. Right. It's why I watch football. But there were a couple of negatives, though. A couple of negatives. Mm-hmm. Four turnovers, two fumbles, two interceptions. Usually you don't win those games just when you have four turnovers on your side of the ball. You usually don't win those types of games. So n- next week's game against Don Bosco, got to clean that up. Again, you mentioned the time of possession. St. Joe's did what they wanted to do, win that time of possession battle, try to get the Marauders into, you know, bad situations, which they did. But yeah, again, did. you talked about it, though. This Murd offense, they could get to get you any time. And they did with the yep. sports. Absolutely. So let, let's switch now to the defensive side of the ball, Justin. And I, I'm getting concerned, man. I'm really getting a 470 yards of total offense allowed, especially in the ground game, 451 yards. Like, that's a lot. Yards, yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it's funny. We were, you know, we were talking with some media friends yesterday, Renato, and we were just talking about, you know, North Jersey football and, you know, the super conference and this division in general. Mm-hmm. Defense is down and kind of bad across the yeah, board. I, I agree. I agree. So that's no, ex- I don't think that's an excuse for preps defense to kind of be struggling as we get this season going and you know i guess we're are we creeping up to the halfway point you know we're, we'll we're, pass, in, we'll pass it we'll pass the halfway already. we're in it you know we are we are in the middle of the, of the season yeah. so the defense you know the defense you were hoping that you know both sides of the ball they continue to get better um and i and i trust that they will i i still do trust that this prep defense that you know has some new starters and you know has some guys that are stepping up this year i still do trust that they are going to get better i trust this coaching staff um but when you're allowing so many yards on the ground, especially when you know that that's what St. Joe's Montville wants to do. That's right. the thing where you know you right. you didn't really you didn't really have the threat of the passing game there this game. You knew that that offense was going to be run through the ground. So the fact that you're not able to stop it still, um, it's 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 certainly a little bit concerning for sure. Yeah, especially against this Don Bosco team, Justin, coming up in which. They, they're a well-balanced attack, too, just like the prep is. So it's going to mm-hmm. be interesting to see how this defense steps up next year. And listen, every time we've criticized the defense during this broadcast, they stepped up the week after. So hopefully maybe they're going to step up again this yeah. week and they'll do the great defensively against you. And they still I mean, made key plays. They still made they key did. plays and key Especially spots that when, when they had to. Right, especially you know, and, and even to end the down. to end the first half. I mean, to end the first half, right. if they if they allow mm-hmm. a touchdown there, and they're you know they're already, you know, prep is already down, and the game's not going exactly the way that you know that it's supposed to, and you know they could easily allow that one yard. T- it's thirty six inches right now. You know, it's it's a you know right. if, if if the ball's on the one yard line, you can easily allow thirty six inches, and the game St. Peter's prep loses this game if they if they allow that touchdown at the end of the first half. So, um, credit to that prep defense for getting a stop when they needed to and when they had to because i can imagine you know you're you're getting butt, you're getting your butt kicked all day i mean you're allowing you're allowing 7.8 yards per carry 451 yards on the ground that is that is an astronomical number of yards allowed on the ground right um you're getting your butt kicked all day but you make a stop when you have to 
um, and you know that your offense has got your back and you know that your team can still pull out a victory. So credit to those guys. Um, there's two guys that I particularly want to want to highlight, if that's okay, Renato. Um, yes, I want to highlight. I want to highlight Joe Assign, who is going to get my if I had to you know put a stamp on a player of the game, he, uh, Joe Assign would get it. Joe Assign got better as the game went on. That that's that that's what I really loved about Joe's performance. Where in the second half, I think he, he might have even been battling through a little bit of an injury too. I saw that he was kind of yeah, he was you know, down really a little bit, yeah. grinning, grinning and bearing it. But he stayed out there, um, and he got better. He got better as the game went on. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you just look at the first half and second half splits, especially in the fourth the fourth quarter splits of. St. Joe's Montville's rushing offense maybe not being as efficient, and that's a huge part to Joe Assign's efforts, winning at the line of scrimmage, um, tackling, wrapping up, uh, staying true to his angles and not over-pursuing. Those were things that St. Peter's Prep had trouble doing throughout the entire game, but Joe Assign, especially in that second half, really picked it up, and you know, even if you're just getting a shoulder on somebody, if you're stopping somebody for a second, having the rest of your boys and having the rest of the defense mm-hmm. come and, uh, you know, cover it all up and get the guy down. I mean, that's what you want. And then I want to also want to give a shout out to Jack Adams too. Jack Adams. Yeah, a hell of a game. Um, he, he's my, he's my favorite player on the team. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. You know, Jack Adams who got spare, got playing time sparingly last year, but is a special team stud. And he's been a special team stud for, for two years now. Um, he almost, he almost had a blocked extra point, um, uh, yesterday against uh, um, two days ago against Montville, but he's gotten defensive playing time this year, and I'm so glad that the coaches made that decision to start to give him defensive playing time because he's just a really good football player. He is a smart football player. He knows that he's not the biggest. He knows that he's not the strongest. He knows that he's not the fastest. But there was this one particular third down stop that he had in the first half. It was a third and five. And number six on St. Joe's Montville, Yassine his name Willis. is escaping me. Say it, say it again, Renan. Yeah, Yassine Willis. Yassine Willis. Like Brandon Jacobs, like body. Yes, big boy. Big boy. Huge, like just strong. And I, I, I would have to make a business decision if I were out there to not go up and tackle him. But Jack Adams in the open field, open field tackle, goes after his ankles, wraps up his legs, wraps up his ankles, brings him down in the open field alone on a third and five. And there were countless other times where Jack is coming up from playing safety, you know, a deep safety or, you know, he's playing, you know, they're playing too high. He is coming up as a safety and making a play in the run game where nobody else at times was interested on making any plays in the run game. But Jack Adams is coming up and he's making those plays. So, I mean, the, Jack Adams is the reason why, at least in my opinion, that maybe they didn't allow over 500 yards of rushing <laughs> this game. Yeah, yeah so, that's true. That's true. So credit to those two guys, Joe Sign, Jack Adams. Um, Joe Sign will get the player of the game, but Jack Adams really, uh, I, I think, saved the game at times by by his own individual play, coming up and being willing to stop the run. It's a great job by those guys. Usually we talk a little bit less about the special teams, Justin, but this week we got to talk about special teams, man. Special teams gets an A++. plus plus plus. I don't care how many pluses you put in there. They were phenomenal all game long. We talked about the two onsides they recovered, the fake field goal touchdown, the punt return touchdown, Nico Duarte, three for three on point outers, Champ Wong, 36 uh, yards average per punt. Kickoff coverage is pretty good. Uh, I mean, Justin, the, 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 this this special teams 
delivered the goods to the Marauders and got them the victory they needed. We've talked about this before. We need to figure out what Nico Duarte's conversion rate on on sidekicks are. It's got to be close to 100%. It's got to be. I think it is 100%. I think it is 100%. I think every onside kick he's done, they've, they've converted. That's so crazy. And and it's and everybody knew that it was coming the second time around. Right. The whole stadium I like, was I feel like everybody knew. Yeah. You were, you were yeah. saying that the fans in the stands for St. Joe's, yeah. you were sitting on the St. Joe's side. I was standing on the uh, I was standing on the prep side in the second half, and mm-hmm. you were saying that everybody on the St. Joe's side, like all the parents were yelling that it's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. All, all, all the parents are like, on sides, on sides, on sides. <laughs> and yeah, he still got the one hop, and Zion fell with the eighth for vertical Oh, my God. That was just beautiful execution. Man. Beautiful. But you know how hard it is? I mean, you see it. The pros, like in the NFL and these Division One kickers in college, you see them attempt onside kicks, and you know how often, you know how often does it just go straight, straight to the other team, and they just right. catch it and they fall down. Mm-hmm. Nico Duarte, every single time that he attempts it, it's picture perfect, bounces up high enough, it goes ten yards, it doesn't go too far right. down the field. It's like perfect every. Single time for Nico Duarte. I know he's so good, man. He's so good with those onsides. And those two onsides, they they needed those two onsides to win this game. They needed it. Yeah, they don't they don't win it without it. And that's right. what you have to do. You know, I, I I am guilty of this in my own football analysis of you know kind of shooing away special teams a little bit. But in games like this, and if you want to be a state a state championship team, right? If if you're not a Bergen Catholic, let's say a Bergen Catholic 2021 dominant team, which that those teams like that are rare. Like the 2014, the 2014 Marauders with Rembrandt and Menka. Yeah, yeah, you know, if you're not one of those teams, which also when you're in this conference, I feel like that's going to be super rare when you're playing in this division and when you're playing yeah. in the super conference. Mm-hmm. Like the the schedule is set up so that you don't really ever really get a breath. You know, you're the only breath that you get is a bye week. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's set up in a way where you don't really have like these super, super teams that are dominating from start to finish. So having plays, game-changing plays on special teams, that's what can make you a state championship winning team. So it's awesome to see how in the punt game, you know, you had uh, Zion Fowler punt return for the touchdown. The kicking game, you know, Nico Duarte nails his extra points. Gets the gets the onside kicks and then also the field goal, you know, field goal team. You have the fake field, you know, the fake field goal that goes for the touchdown. So um that all those things were the difference in this game. And usually, you know, we only do offense and defensive uh, play of the game awards. I, I'm I'm doing a special teams award this week, Jess. I'm gonna do it. Do I it. gotta get Nico Duarte the special teams play of the week award because yes, he, he would again. And the great thing about Nico this week, Jess, for the first time all season, 100 percent the PAT. So. Let's go. There you go. I like, I like 100% PAT. So, Nico Duarte, player, special teams player of the game. Okay. So, Justin, the potentially new number one team in the state of New Jersey, Don Bosco Prep, absolutely positively destroyed Bergen 31 7. Hmm. Okay. That was his first loss in two years. Okay. We're playing them next. Another top five showdown, MetLife Stadium, the lights Friday night. Eight o'clock. I mean, this this could be the state championship preview right here, Justin, this week. 
It, it, I, I got a feeling we might see these two teams at MetLife Stadium. And it all starts with quarterback Nick Minucci. In the game against Bergen, he had over 200 yards rushing. No, sorry, 200 yards combined and threw through two touchdown passes. And not only can they pass the ball well, they can also run the ball. Minucci is a great option quarterback. Ronnie Heath, who seems to be hurt, did not play last week. We saw him last year, Justin. Ronnie Heath, which is weak and havoc on this defense last year. We yep. saw that up in Ramsey. They got a new running back as well. This year, Logan Bush, the junior, 22 carries, 89 yards in that game against Bergen. And then Nolan James could be almost like the Christian McCaffrey type, like um, the Delby guy, who I, as, whose name I, I forget right now. But he had 100-plus yards of combined rushing and receiving with two combined touchdowns as well. And this offensive line from Don Bosco, Justin, they're so good, man. They got Chase Bissonis, who's arguably the best tackle in the state by far. Mm. Guy's huge, man. He's got like 6'8". Like, big boy. And it's so easy to see why their, their, their ground game is, is ridiculous. But besides the ground game, they also have some great weapons. Bobby Mays and Sim Crosby. So, Justin, what, what do you expect out of this Marauder team when they take on Don Bosco on Friday night? I expect the offense to hopefully put up a lot of points, and I do expect the defense to struggle a little bit. Because even last year, Renato, you know, when we were up in Ramsey, that was probably one of the lowest points of last year. When that was a low point, yeah. You know, we're St. Peter's Prep is kind of rolling a little bit. Yeah, and then we go, up, we go to up in Ramsey, and they they got they got embarrassed, and it was. The off that's when the offense started to struggle, but also the defense really got gutted for a lot of big plays. And all that and all Don Bosco did last year is run the ball. I mean, they really didn't throw it that much. They kind of just ran it down our throats. And that was rare for last year's defense that had you know Logan Barnes and company. It was rare for you know any teams to really run the ball that effectively against preps prep last year, where this year it's kind of been commonplace. Their offenses have kind of been able to do whatever they've kind of wanted against uh, our, our Marauders. So um, I'm hoping for another game like we had against Montville where maybe we're not down by 17 in the fourth quarter, but a shootout. You know, I, I, that is what I am expecting. That is what um, I'm hoping that, you know, this team's going to have to get ready for. Hopefully, men- you know, mentally, if things don't go right right away, to not get too frustrated, to not get too flustered. So that's what I'm hoping. Uh, and that's what I'm expecting. Uh you know, this Friday uh, at Met- in MetLife Stadium. Are you going to be there, Justin? Oh, I will be there. Will you be there? I- I'm going to be there, too. We'll, we'll-, we'll get a little- nice little coverage going Great. for that game. I'll see so, you there. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll see you, I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll see you there as well. Make sure you guys are following us for all the coverage of that game. Should be very exciting. MetLife Stadium Zone 6 football classic. Now, we had an announcement from the State of the Morris Club president, Ben Novoselic. So, Ben, take it away, bud. Hey, everyone. This is Junior Ben Novoselic, the president of the State of the Marauder Sports Reporters Club. If you're a student at St. Peter's Prep and you want to get involved with sports media broadcasting, come to one of our club meetings. Dates and times of the meetings will be published on the daily announcements. But if you want more information, you can just email me at novoselicb24 at students.spprep.org. We look forward to seeing you guys. All right. Thank you, Ben, for... That club announcement, again, if you're interested in joining the State of Mars Sports Reporters Club, make sure you check out the daily announcements if you're a student at prep. 
for when we are meeting. So now, let's talk about the news of the week. So, make sure you download the State of Mars app for all of the athletic links, including streams, schedules, texting service application, and much more. Just I know you have the State of Mars app on your phone. How, how useful is that for all of your sports coverage? For I love it. I absolutely love it. I get to click on the State of the Marauders app and all my news, everything that I need, all the updates that I want, even besides just football. There are other sports that I want to keep track of too. It's all right there on the State of the Marauders app. So soccer had three games again this week. They continued county play. They had their first game against number three ranked Carney at Caden Point. And boy, was this a back and forth battle between the Marauders and the Cardinals. Uh, fortunately, Cardinal hang on to win three to two. Andy Mayorga and John Carey had the goals in that one, while John DeRecca and Lucas Santos each had assists as well. Simon Yanez had six saves in the loss, while a new ward had two saves as well. Then they would take on Dickinson, and they'd be the first of two shutouts as they would win six to nothing. Matt Sabrero had two goals and an assist. Andy Mayorga with a goal and assist. Quentin Wontraub, Roman Popowski, and John DeRecca each added goals as well. Lucas Santos had two assists, and Jaden Reed added an assist. While the trio of Simon Yanez and Neil Ward and Zach Fisher made four saves for the three goalie combined shutout. In their final game of the week against Pope John, It'd be another shutout, 5-0, as Matt Sabrera again got another two goals and an assist. Del Lindsay, Andy Mayorga, and John DeRecca with goals. And Lucas Santos, Quinn Ronchamp, and Jaden Reed each contributed assists as well. Simon Yanez and Zach Fisher made four saves combined for the shutout. They are now 6-2 on the season. And I'm going to be covering their game Monday at Hudson Catholic mm. on the road. Then they would take on North Bergen on Wednesday at Caven before, get this, Justin, they were starting off Hudson County tournament play on Saturday. So a little bit, a little bit early in the season, but we're going to start Hudson County tournament action on Saturday. Game and dates to be determined. What a polo. Had only one match this week as they defeated Blair Academy 13-6 to win their fourth consecutive contest. Sebastian Artiega and Nick Valenti each have four goals. Sean Swiatek had two. And Evan Briggs, Frankie Precop, and Mike Florentino each added a goal as well. They're going to have two matches upcoming this week as they host Penguin on Wednesday, which I'll most likely be there watching. And then they would head on the road to take on Trinity on Friday. Cross Country was off this week. And the next meet will be on October 1st at the New Balance Shore Invitational in Honda. Finally, the crew team competed for the first time this fall season as they went to the Kingshead Regatta in Pennsylvania 
As of this recording, we still don't have all the results, so stay tuned for next week's edition of the podcast to get all those results. But as of right now, the boys ended up fourth and ninth in the Youth 4 race and second and fifth in the JV 8 race. Next week, they're going to head off to Riverside Park in Hartford, Connecticut for their next regatta. So congratulations to all of your marauders. Make sure you come out to support them this week. Check out the schedule linked on the app for times and locations of all of this week's games. Now, it's my favorite time of the podcast. I know I love talking with Justin, Justin Pennick about football for half an hour, but we got to talk about who is the winner of the Marauder Player of the Week award from last week. We had Kenya Massey, Matt Sabrero, Evan Briggs, and Alex Schimmel representing football, soccer, roller polo, and cross country. So, Justin, could you do us a favor and give us a nice little drum roll, please? <laughs> and the winner of last week's Marauder Player of the Week award with 60% of the vote. It goes to the senior captain of the cross-country team, Alex Schimmel. Congratulations to Alex. And now, here are this week's nominees for the Marauder Player of the Week Award. So first, from the football team, who had a heck of a game, senior Zion Fowler. From the soccer team, one of their captains who had two goals and assists in victories over Dickinson and Pope John, John DeRecca. In water polo, this guy had four goals in the victory against Blair, Nick Valenti. And lastly, from the crew team who led the 3D boat to a second place finish at the King's Head Regatta, Nick Skipich. So, vote with the link on the app, which you can find on my social media profile at SOT Murders. And remember that voting will close on Saturday, October 1st at 11.59 p.m. We'll reveal the winner on next week's podcast and on our social media platforms. So vote for who you think should be this week's Marauder Player of the Week. Well, that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of the State of the Mars podcast. I want to thank, once again, the one and only Justin Pennant Class 2016 for giving us his football wisdom and analysis because he is the best at talking football. So, again, Justin, thank you so much for joining us this week. Continue to spread the word of the State of Mars podcast by sharing our social media profile at SOT Murders to everyone you know and continue to check them out for all of the latest updates. We hope to see you all next week as we recap game number six between the Marauders and the Ironman at MetLife Stadium and to talk about how the rest of the prep athletic programs have done for the week. We hope to see you some in the stands for our games, supporting your marauders. And as always, let's 
go. Crap. What's up with y'all? This is senior wide receiver Zion Fowler, and you're now listening to the State of Marauders podcast, the only podcast that covers St. Peter's Preps athletics.